Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuwana's subbing in on my own show here. Don't worry, still on paternity leave. But uh, we figured just from a scheduling perspective, it's a lot easier for us to sit at the mics than sit on our respective computers when we're in the same town. We've made it work when I've been on the road or Coach Marty's been on the road, but we're here, so that seemed kind of dumb to just zoom from across the, the way. So figure we meet up here. So uh, we'll be in studio for this one here today, and uh, then the schedule will be rotating here for a little while. But to have no fear, whenever it's football time, we'll give you the best coverage as we possibly can. You missed anything in the first hour? We actually talked all things basketball around the big sky, mostly in men's hoops. I uh, got some thoughts from the boys, uh, Andrew Houghton and Jeff Safford, on the uh, NFL playoffs as well. So you can find all that. On the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Schulte Law. Visit jschultilaw.com, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit msubookstore.org. The uh, news of the weekend after Championship Sunday, the Super Bowl is set, and the Kansas City Chiefs returning to the big game, fourth time in six seasons with Patrick Mahomes as a starting quarterback. It's been unbelievable the level of consistency that they've reached and sustained. Six straight championship games for the Chiefs and now four times into the Super Bowl and just six uh, tries uh, under Patrick Mahomes. On the other side, the uh, Lions storybook season comes to an end. The San Francisco 49ers into the Super Bowl for the eighth time. This is crazy. I didn't realize this until yesterday. It seems like the Niners are always right there. I didn't realize this. They played in 19 championship games, but they lost 11 of them. But now they've won eight, and uh, they're into the Super Bowl. Looking Still, though, crazy that it's been since 1994, since the 49ers won a Super Bowl, but they've played there uh, many a times. Coach Marty Mortaway in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Got it coached in the league for more than a quarter century. Actually coached for... Uh, all of these uh, title contenders, except the Chiefs, but has deep ties with Andy Reid. So, that, I mean, you probably had rooting interest across the board. Right? Uh, well, I was in camp, I think it was a year or two ago, for, <laughs> I don't know, four, five, six days with the Chiefs as well. So I know all of the coaches pretty well. Campbell's the one that I really don't know. Uh, but you know guys well. on that staff. You know, uh, Aaron, oh, yeah. Aaron Glenn really well. Yeah, and then Deuce left last year. Sure, and yeah. Now he found himself with, with back with the Browns. But... Uh, Hey, let's eat. Let, let's turn it up. Let's eat like McCall. The news of the week is McCall. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Congratulations Thanks, man. on the new baby boy. Uh, let's eat like McCall. And all McCall's doing is like eating and sleeping, that's right, right? That's right. And then, and then, and then he doesn't have the, the crying effect yet, right? <laughs> that's right. So usually they eat, sleep, cry. Yours eating and sleeping. So that's a beautiful thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, they told us at the doctor today, they said, hey, like you said, he's so young that the only reason he's crying is because he's hungry. Yeah. So just feed him, and that's it. And then when you feed him, he goes to sleep. So uh, it's the easy tie right now. They tell me that uh, it gets a lot harder before it gets any easier. As my mother says, it's a it's a curve. You ride the roller coaster up and down, both when they're in, they're infant years, but then uh, 
you know, the journey of life. But we're very excited for it. We're thrilled. We're over the moon. Thanks so much to all the people out there for reaching out. I heard from tons of you guys. I know these guys announced it on the show for me last week, so thanks to them for doing it. And I heard from so many people around the community. Uh, it's one of the reasons we make our home here in Missoula, because it is an awesome, wonderful community. I mean, we got more food <laughs> at our house. I'm never going to be able to eat all this food. So uh, I told my wife, I said, we should just keep on getting pregnant so we don't have to cook again. She looked at me, she's like, we got to wait a while, okay, buddy? And I was like, yeah, yeah. But uh, thanks to all the generosity, all the, the well wishes. Uh, let's talk some NFL. I have two coaching carousel questions for you, Coach, before we get into the uh, the championship Sunday. I wanted to get to this last week, but we didn't quite get there. But now he's got a job. I was going to ask about Jim Harbaugh because he was yeah. interviewing all over the NFL. Well, now he's got one. He's going to L.A. And uh, I think from the L.A. side of this thing, it makes huge sense. L.A. is a city of stars. If, you, if you're going to be in Hollywood, you got to have a star. Nobody knew who, anything about Brandon Staley. And the only thing they knew was, we think this guy should get fired, and then he got fired. Well, now they got a star. They got a guy, for better or worse, who's a household name in the world of football for a variety of different reasons, both NFL and college football successes. Um so I think it makes sense from the L.A. side of things. I'm just so interested in what you think of Harbaugh making this move. I mean, he's coaching the defending national champions. He's making $12 billion a year at Michigan. But he's he's one of the few guys that have proven he can do it both levels. Yes. No, there's no question about it. He's already done it, and there's only a, a handful. Uh, Pete Carroll did it real well. Jimmy Johnson ended up doing it real well. You know, But there's, there's a select few that do it both at the college level and the National Football League because it's quite different, uh, college and totally. NFL. But uh, I know Jim a little bit. Uh, I know John a little bit better. Uh, but... It seems to me that Jim always wanted to be sort of in the NFL once he got to the NFL. And then he landed at his alma mater at Michigan, and then he set out, he accomplished what he set out to do. So I am in no way surprised at all that he's back in the NFL. There's only one, I think he might have mentioned this, there's no Lombardi trophy in college. That's right. And that's what he's after. He's won a national championship. Let's see. Let's see if Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, can win a Super Bowl. You know, he took the Niners to the Super Bowl and lost to his brother in the Super Bowl. And I think if he wins a Super Bowl, he would just simply retire uh, after after the, uh, the confetti parade and all of that. I think that... For a long time, you, know, you always heard this about Nick Saban because Saban is one of, if not the greatest, college coach ever. He didn't have that much success in the NFL, but he would be the first to tell you, well, I wasn't in control of everything when I was in the NFL. Right. College, I can make my own roster. I'm recruiting my guys. It's my culture. You know, it's my way or the highway. That's how we're doing it. I do think, though, you're seeing guys gravitate away from the college game now because of how crazy it's gotten. Like, if you're if you're at Michigan, you're coaching a pro football team now, right? Yeah. So you might as well just go coach a pro football team. Yeah, but then you still have such young men. Now, you can... You, you 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 know you might have even a bigger influence in college on these young men and yeah. I know there's a select few that missed the college days because of that was one one of the reasons you still have the recruiting you still have the academics you still have the family uh, totally. you, you know just a little bit uh, it certainly is closer 
to the National Football League. I mean, it's basically like free agency with with the transfer portal, and it's so easy to do. And then they're actually paying the fellows uh, to play, so it's much more like the NFL. But getting back to Harbaugh doesn't surprise me at all. You know, the other thing is there's a lot of things it looks like. Uh, and is there any more going on behind the scenes? Is it more of a Pete Carroll type of move out of SC, and then SC right. goes on probate? I don't think that that's the situation, but it certainly could be. Uh, none of us know uh, the the details behind the scenes. Well, you and I, Monday Afternoon Quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. This is Montana's brand of NFL. You and I talked about this when the Connor Stallions whole circus was going on. You said, well, in the NFL, there's guys that are looking at the other sideline for signals and all that sort of stuff. But it's a well-known thing. Everybody's doing oh, it. Oh, no, it's perfectly legal. It's legal. Like, you, that's yeah. your job, right? Yes. Everybody knows it's happening, yeah, right? Yeah, we call it, you know, the the, the CIA or KGB <laughs> right. guys. Right. They've got the binoculars on the play callers at all times. They're trying to get, if you flip your play sheet, you know, do they have something on you where it's going to be a running play, right. uh, you know, on one side and pass plays on the uh, it and. And then they go scout. They'll give you a, a, a box indoor for your scouts to go scout uh, your opponent. And, yes, they try if they're signal. And then the signals kind of went away. I think they need to do that in college and put the coach-to-quarterback communicator. Just put it on the headphone, right. And then you put – and then once the NFL did it to the defense – and they gave the defense, the coach, to linebacker or safety, the signal caller on defense. Uh, once they did that, the defensive signals went away. Uh, unless sometimes if you would go hurry up and they were forced to signal very quickly. Sure. And if you still had some signals, it may give you the upper hand just a little bit. Uh, but I, I think I think they would do a lot uh, away with a lot of uh, situations if they just went. To the coach to quarterback communicator and a coach to a defensive player communicator. And it it looks like the expense. The NFL has already done all the experiments back in the mid-90s with sure, it. Right. So all 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 of the, the issues are sort of ironed out and right. the expense keeps dropping and and they keep getting better and better and better with those communicators. The, the other one I wanted to ask you about. Seven NFL jobs came open. So that's almost one quarter of the league was was open for head coaching jobs. Bill Belichick did not get a job. I know that it's not fully full yet, but what do you think of that? Are you surprised by that? I think, I, I you know, he's, what is he, 71 or 72? 72. Yeah, he was the second oldest coach in the league besides Pete Carroll. Yeah, you know, not not many coached that long, period. Totally. Uh, Marv Levy, maybe. Yeah. Uh but uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised just because he's won so many Super Bowls that somebody didn't jump on it. Atlanta, I think, might have been the closest for sure. But it looks like from afar, he has not come out and said anything. I don't think I haven't seen it. But that he wanted total control. Well, yeah, that that that's uh, that goes deep into how the organization is structured. Every organization is structured differently. That's right. But then when you bring somebody in that wants to restructure, then you're you're affecting and influencing a lot of different... There's a lot of fingers that go into hiring a guy that wants 
total and full control. When Bill Belichick first took over in New England, he was doing it for a guy in Bill Parcells who had also had total control. Yeah. The transition's a lot easier. That's what I, I mean, that was all the skill coming out of Atlanta. Arthur, Arthur Blake, the owner of the Falcons, has deep Montana ties. And, of course, there's some Montana guys there in the organization as well. Michael Petrie used to be the running backs coach at uh, Montana State. He's the running backs coach there in Atlanta. Of course, Troy Anderson, uh, Dylan Montana products, played linebacker there for the Falcons. But all the scuttle coming out of there was that Belichick said, hey, I want to be the GM as well. And Martha Blake was like, well, I like our GM. Right. And then the GM was like, well, I don't want this guy over here meddling. He's just got a coach. And Belichick, he's been the GM for 25 years. He's not just going to not do that, I think. So. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the president. And, 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 and it, it affects everybody in the entire organization when you totally uh, switch how your organization is structured. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. Marty Mornaway again in studio with us here on the Monday Afternoon Quarterback. All right, let's give some broad thoughts here. And then we'll get into the details uh, of these games from yesterday. Uh, Kansas City, a 17-10 to 10 win. So anybody who bet the over, you're kicking yourselves. It was a defensive slugfest. These were the statistically the two best defenses in the NFL this year. That's not a surprise for Baltimore given their identity as a franchise. I think it still kind of surprises people with Kansas City, but this has been a season-long thing. I mean, they've been excellent defensively yeah. and holding, you know, Holding the, the the number one seed in the AFC to 10 points at home is a pretty dang good defensive effort. Kansas City's defense is playing this year, and it's been for most of the year, with very few exceptions. Their defense is playing better than I've ever seen Kansas City's defense play since Andy, Andy Reid, the head coach, has been there. Their offense is not quite as good. They're not quite as dynamic. And that shows on the scoreboard, too, a 17-10 to 10 game, even though, Coulter, they were going against the very best defense in the National Football League uh, versus the Baltimore Ravens. And they were on the road. However, I do think Kansas City handles the noise uh, and, and everything else that goes in with a road game better than most. Uh, you know, that Baltimore uh, is, is uh, the Ravens uh, stadium is sort of like uh, some opponent coming in and playing at Washington Grizz Stadium. It's all, it's all relative. And you see how many false starts and clock right, problems right. opponents have with the Washington Grizz Stadium. The Chiefs tend to not have that, or at least they minimize those issues when you're playing on the road. How much of that do you think? I mean, Patrick Mahomes' talent this is his clear athleticism, but also his arm talent are, are second to none. I mean, he he throws the ball as well as anybody that's ever played the position. He also has this unbelievable competitiveness. But to me, the thing that sets him apart is he is like no one else besides probably Tom Brady in that when it comes to this time of year, he literally does not make mistakes. How yeah. much do you think that's a, a, a factor in the Chiefs' success? Uh, well, that's a good analogy, even though both quarterbacks are quite different no, they in are. Way style. Different. Yes, way different. But you, you, you hit it the nail on the head. The instincts... And go a long way with Patrick Mahomes. I think there's only been... I haven't seen every game this young man's played. He's still young, right? Oh, for sure. He's only 28. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there's only been one time, and they lost in, in, the, in the playoffs, where I, I thought he lost his discipline just a little bit within yep. himself. And, and it just is so rare that he doesn't do the right thing with the football. And he's learned uh, throughout the years how to play and win a game that's 
going to be 17 to 10 or how to go out and win a game that's going to be 42 to 38. He knows and he understands. He's got a really good defense. Uh, and, and it only takes one play. Uh, uh, to to start sort of making it uh, a shootout mentality. I thought that's where Baltimore failed. Uh, they they thought they were in a semi shootout from the from the get go and didn't do what they did best. Didn't do what got them there very much at all. Then the uh, the nightcap. I mean, my goodness, what a game and what a roller coaster. I mean, the Lions come out swinging. They pound the 49ers all the way into the corner. They're beating them up and down. I mean, they're kicking their butts. And then one thing leads to another, and then bam, like in the blink of an eye, it's 24-24. And as soon as the Niners had that streak where they stopped the fourth down, then Detroit's interception goes through the guy's hands, off his face mask, it turns into a 51-yard catch for the Niners, they score, and then they fumble. It's like, oh, man, these guys are running an avalanche. they got to stop this avalanche if they're going to get buried, and they couldn't. They just couldn't stop it. Yeah, both both issues. come. Well, a couple things coming to mind. A couple things coming to mind. It was 14 nothing, and then it was 24-7, Coulter, at half. Yeah. The Lions were up 24-7, to and it did not look good for the San Francisco 49ers. Purdy didn't look good. The whole offense didn't look And they, they hung in there. They just kept hanging in there. And is all it takes sometimes is a mistake by your opponent, one big play, a call, a bounce of the ball, and a couple of those things happen where they stopped them on fourth and two, I believe. And then a couple plays later, they had the play that you were uh, talking about should have been picked. For and sure. they, 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 the kid makes a, a heck of a catch off the bounce, off the guy's face mask, down to the four, and then they score. And then the Lions fall. So both those, those things happen. And what a great comeback for the San Francisco 49ers at home. I think that certainly helped. Although I did see a lot of Detroit Lions, a lot of blue in the stadium, more than other stadiums. I think those San Francisco 49er fans went out and sold some of their tickets to the opponent. And then the other thing that comes to mind, so just hang in there. And that's what the Niners did. Yep. That was an awful first half and a terrific second half. Uh, my wife, Lindsay, always says, if it's going to be the tale of two halves, I want the second half just because of that momentum. For sure. That, the, the Niners certainly had the momentum Pretty much the whole second half, Detroit could just couldn't recapture the momentum. I believe the Niners scored uh, either, I think it was three touchdowns and two field goals five times in a row That's right. in the second half. Detroit scored on four of their first five possessions, and then the Niners scored on five possessions in a row. Yeah. That's a time. I mean, talk about the pendulum swinging the other way. Here's something fascinating. I know you talk about the numbers, the analytics sometimes. And I know sometimes, you know, the betting lines were influential in play calling even way before sports gambling became sort of uh, mainstream. But that's pregame stuff. In the, the scope of the betting line, even when the, the Lions were up 24 to 7, the spread for the Lions never got bigger than six and a half. Vegas knew. Is that right? That the Lions were going to blow it and that and that 49ers were going to come screaming back. Even when they were up 17 points, they were still only favored by six and a half. Amazing the, how accurate the numbers are sometimes. And then Debo played. Debo Samuel played. Purdy plays way better. The 49ers oh, yeah. win oh, way yeah. more games when Debo Samuel plays. How about the little... 
you know, little little ruckus before the game with Kelsey Mahomes and my man Justin Tucker. Huh? <laughs> uh, if anybody didn't see that, it happens on a rare occasion where everybody's got a routine, right? Oh yeah. And then they're at home. That's that was kind of Justin Tucker's spot. That's where he did his. Pre pregame routine, oh, yeah. and then you got Mahomes and Kelsey, among others, out there, and and that's kind of their spot. And it 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 it, it came to fruition, and then all of a sudden they're throwing things. Uh, and, <laughs> and I kind of was laughing, but I I was going, okay, are they trying to get into Justin's head a little bit? It won't work if that was their try. But I don't think that was the case. I think. This is where we're always at at this time, yeah. uh, this many minutes before the game. And Tucker's going, this is my home field. This is where I'm at. <laughs> and, and he's a whole favorite, so he can do it a lot, whatever yeah, he wants. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny uh, leading up to the ball game. Well, and Justin Tucker also, first of all, is one of the great kickers in NFL history. So, And he's certainly one of the great Ravens in the history of that franchise, period. But he also doesn't have to get hit. So he yeah. can he he talk a little bit more. If all it is is Kelsey throwing his helmet over, he doesn't have to actually line up against Kelsey and take one uh, in the air hole. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mordaway in studio with me here. Uh, Colter Nuanas on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. Probably presented by Stackman Bank. Stackman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. The Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's brand of NFL. At Stackman Bank, we invite you to experience the Stackman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank provides time-tested products and services for people that care about your financial success. We'll go through the ins and outs of these games, including... Why didn't the Ravens run the damn ball? And what do we think about Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down so often? That's next. Keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Jewelry Design Center is not your average jewelry store. The friendly, welcoming staff is so excited to be in Montana, and the craftsmanship, unique creativity, care, and artisanship you'll receive at the Jewelry Design Center is second to none. Is there anything you guys can't do? We don't cut diamonds, <laughs> okay, yeah, but we can facilitate that. Right. It's unique that we cast our own metal, we grow our own models, we hand carve, as well as use computer-aided technology to design. We're pushing the limits of what we had previously thought was impossible. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. Oh! It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Colter Nuanas, Marty Mortowick rolling with you here on the Monday afternoon quarterback. Coach Marty, more than a quarter century in the NFL, and uh, our pleasure to have him ride along with us for another NFL football season. And now we got a Super Bowl matchup set. The Chiefs uh, will will take on the San Francisco 49ers uh, in the big game in Las Vegas uh, in a couple weekends. We're recapping all this stuff from Championship Sunday. I was just taking uh, notes on my phone while the while the games are going, and so here's a here's a sampling of some of those. We'll start with the early game, the Chiefs and Ravens. First of all, Coach, I got to tell you, I got to give you big-time credit. In the middle of the year, when the Chiefs, they lost like three out of four, I sat here and said, hey, I think the Chiefs have some chinks in their armor, man. I think that there's a couple, there's there's some stuff wrong with them. They're not operating that well offensively. They got some weird stuff. They're not catching the ball. 
He said, nope, doesn't matter. If you got a top three quarterback and a top five defense and a great coach, you're going to be there at the end. Well, here they are. They're going yeah, to Yeah, typically you're going to be there at the end, right, Coulter? And, and it's kind of like uh, Patrick Mahomes is still the man. Oh, he's the man. But you do not bet against. Like, there's some things don't do, right? Uh, not many, but there are some. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Don't punt or kick the ball to Junior Bergen, the great returner <laughs> for the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, so those are a couple of don'ts. Now, one thing I will say is Lamar. Uh, the great Lamar Jackson. He had an opportunity here. He did. He had an opportunity to become one of those guys like Patrick Mahomes, like Tom Brady. Don't ever bet against me. And they just failed to get it done. And there were many reasons for that. Yeah, Lamar's played just a little bit. It looked like uh, game plan-wise, they didn't do what got him there very, very much. Uh, but they still had some opportunities toward the end of the game that Lamar could have capitalized on and and won one of those great uh playoff games uh, in the National Football League and become become a little bit more like Patrick Mahomes. I'm still in this totally from uh, Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal, who do a Pick the Lines podcast every week that I love listening to. Bill Simmons is sort of the, uh, the godfather of new age multimedia type sports journalism and a guy I've looked up to throughout my career, really modeled a lot of stuff we've done. By the way, he's done it just through sort of a Montana angle. But they said, hey, if Mahomes wins this game, he's officially into never bet against Patrick Mahomes territory. And that's exactly right. We are now to the point where uh, we're, we do our all football all the time betting segment every Thursday. Just bet, just bet Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, just bet Mahomes. Because at this point, if you bet Mahomes every game of his career so far, I mean, they're winning 15 out of 18 of them every single year during the regular season. This year was a little bit lower. They won 12, but still, you know, you're still going 12 and, and 5. And now, in the playoffs, it's, I mean, just bet the Chiefs, man. Like, it, there, there's no way to really go wrong. You're going to win 9 out of 10 bets if you're betting the Chiefs. Uh, I was there a long time ago. I don't think I that was the game. I know. Uh, that, that got Mahomes into don't bet against me but this is territory. The fir- but this is the first time, though, where... They had so much stacked against them. They're in Baltimore. They're playing the best team in the NFL. They're playing the guy who's the MVP in Lamar Jackson. The Ravens are the best defense in the league. It's a great home field advantage. They're rolling out the red carpet. Ray Lewis is there. Jonathan Ogden's there. Ed Reed is there. All the greatest Ravens of all time are there. Doesn't matter. They no. still win it in one. No, because they got a good defense. Playing the very best that I've ever seen them play, and they got Patrick Mahomes, and they got great scheme, and they're they're well, somewhat creative. Although, although. Although, the Baltimore Ravens shut him out in the second half. They did. Now, uh, I, as, during that second half, I'm, I'm thinking, Andy, uh, stay, stay a little bit more aggressive than this. Because I know the great Lamar Jackson, he can pop off a couple of quick touchdowns. Now, I will say that Baltimore looked like they lost a little bit of the discipline that they've had pretty much all year. They, they had a sort of dominant Regular season. Uh, I mean, dominant. Their quarterback's going to be the MVP. Their defense is ranked number one. And then all of a sudden, they showed a little frustration, right? Helmet throwing and all this crap. You know, that you, you, you don't see many of the great ones do that very often out of frustration. They may do it to make a point on occasion. In fact, the uh, Patrick Mahomes did it once this year, I thought. Sure. Lost a little bit of the poise. Gain it back during the game. Right, and it looked like the Ravens just couldn't gain the poise back uh, during the game after after they were uh, a little frustrated and lost a little discipline. 
I think the thing that gave so many people that were on the Ravens coming into this one so much uh, faith was because of how they play. They they killed the best teams that they played on their schedule, right? Like they yeah. they blew the 49ers out. Yeah. They ran the Dolphins completely out of the stadium. I mean, that, my brother and I were talking about this on the segment last week. Our all football all the time. They averaged 37 points per game against other playoff teams this year. Yeah. But that didn't happen. And I just thought it was bizarre watching the the Ravens operate offensively. People are going to kill Lamar Jackson for the last pick that he threw into yeah. the end zone, threw into triple coverage, he got picked off. And people are going to kill Zay Flowers because, you know, he had he had the taunting and then he scores, but he doesn't score and the fumble goes out of the back of the end zone. And then he goes over and, like you're saying, he throws his helmet, he breaks his hand, he's bleeding all over the place. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, you're acting like a seventh grader. Just stop doing that. Yeah. But regardless... That's what people were going to blame. The Ravens came in as the number one rushing offense in the NFL. They ran the ball on early downs three times yeah. in this whole game. I don't understand. Why are yeah. you doing that? Yeah, well, and you can uh, pick apart the numbers just a little bit. I agree with you 100%. However, they just didn't have the ball much That's there true. in the first half. And for some reason, some mentality there, it looked like you and I were talking during the break. It looked like they were playing like they were 21 points down. That's right. You know, so so when when things aren't clicking, when when your when your quarterback's out of sorts, and it looked like the Ravens were out of sorts just a little bit on for offense, sure. For sure. what do you do? You go back to what that young man, your quarterback I'm talking about, does the very best. Go back to his strengths, right? Go back to all those things that he's had literally hundreds of reps on. They didn't do that. They did not. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen them at least try to do that, and that would have given the Ravens a little bit better chance of scoring some more points and and win, actually winning the game. You know, the whole thing. And Lamar, you know, I taught him this as a rookie. I learned it when I was 14 in high school from Mike Holmgren. Don't ever let MC you sweat. Don't let your opponents see you sweat. And for God's sakes... Don't ever let your own teammates see you sweat. No doubt. Eyes up, shoulders back. Something crazy just happened or something crazy is going on. Don't ever let them see you sweat because everybody's looking at you, the quarterback. And if you if you bend or break just a little bit, uh-oh, everybody else is going to follow you. You got to also say credit where credit is due because, you know, I, I thought that the, the Ravens had a hard time going to their bread and butter early, on early downs. But you also got to give credit where credit's due in the terms of how well Steve Spagnola called this game. The defensive coordinator for the Chiefs was lights out. We know this is the NFL. It's sort of a copycat league. The Texans decided in their game against the Ravens, all right, we're going to heat them up. We're going to bring the house. We're going to, you know, we're going to send six on every play. We're going to play a, a heavy box. That helped the Texans erase the run game. And Lamar went crazy and, you know, threw a couple long touchdowns and had, you know, 100 something yards rushing. Well, the Texans just aren't the Chiefs. They don't have the, the same players. The right. Chiefs did the same thing. Hey, we're going to give you a five- or six-man box. We're going to bring pressure from all over the place. We're going to dare you to beat us on the outside. And, and Lamar and the, the Ravens couldn't do it. They held up. They held uh, up. You know, their coverage was excellent. Man technique. Literally all across the field in many cases. Uh, and and then everybody's trying to use a spy in a lot of different different ways. Uh, spies don't do much against Lamar unless uh, one technique is pretty good, the slow rush to cover. And then when Lamar makes his first move, then then the, the spy makes his move. <clears throat> but you can't give Lamar 
uh, a chance to create. And I think too many teams uh, give him enough room and air where he can create. Last point here on this one, then we'll move on to the next game. We see this with the all-time greats. They, they might lose a step when it comes to just a, you know, whatever game in the middle of October. But when it comes down to it, when it's it's the the biggest of the big moments, they reassume their best form. And that's Travis Kelsey in a nutshell. I thought he had moments where you thought, okay, this guy's getting a little older this year. Well, now it's the yeah. playoffs. He's the he's just the, he's just the best dude <laughs> in the league, man. He in terms of finding open space and making clutch catches, he's he's just the best. And now here he is knocking on the door. I think if they win this one, he's a, in a category of two. It's him and Rob Gronkowski as far as most impactful championship caliber tight ends in NFL history. Those are two great tight ends, I mean, aren't they? Man. Yeah, they they probably are. Uh, at least in in this sort of generation, I I will tell you the Chiefs. Uh, they got three turnovers too. They were plus three in the turnover ratio. Huge. And what what wins games, right? Turnover ratio, <clears throat> the amount of points you score. You know the other stat that I on occasion bring up is yards per pass attempt. I was counting it the other day. I was looking at the stat, and I believe in the top twelve yards per attempt pass passing yards per attempt, eleven out of the top twelve made the playoffs. I mean. What, what what we don't understand? I, th- I think too many guys don't understand uh, the, the the aspect of yards per pass attempt correlates highly to winning. And then you know you could get down well any yards per attempt, you know sure. rushing yards per attempt. Yeah, but passing yards typically you're gaining eight uh, in rushing, you're gaining four, four yeah, and a half. Yeah. So uh, you, you know there is a little bit of difference uh, when you run the ball. You want to run it well, uh, and you can control a game doing that. You can uh, you know some situational aspects of the game. I thought the Chiefs ran the ball. Uh, better than I expected, and they ran more because they were up just a little bit and relied on their defense. That turned into a 1975 type of game, 17-10, with two highly ranked offensive teams. It's it's funny, too, because we've seen a few uh, exceptions to the rule lately, but most of the time, uh, first of all, most of the biggest passing yardage seasons, not yards per attempt. That's why I love your yards per attempt. Because most of the great passing yardage seasons over the last 20 or 25 years have been on teams that weren't good. Well, that's because they, <laughs> they had to throw it. Yeah. I mean, Matt Stafford's the only guy in NFL history with three 5,000-yard seasons. None of those teams made the playoffs. Right. They just couldn't run the ball. So he had to throw the ball 60 times a game, dinking and dunking it, and then sometimes throwing it down the right. field. Right. It's but. not It's not how many, although. Right. Although, I believe I'm correct, the Kansas City Chiefs were second in attempts, passing yeah, yeah. attempts. Uh, I think the Washington Commanders, and this goes to your, your, your point, exactly. you, you know, have, led the league in, in passing attempts. Uh, but, but the run game is important it, 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 because of the physicality, uh, controlling a, a football game, uh, running it well. I think the Chiefs, on some of their uh, couple streaks in the past few years where they haven't won games, uh, they've relied on the pass just a little too much. They did not in Baltimore yesterday. Noir's Elias Pedrillo, Monday afternoon quarterback, probably presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. This is Montana's brand of NFL. Couple more thoughts on the Lions 49ers game, plus thoughts on where the Ravens and the Lions go from here, and some early Super Bowl thoughts as well. That's next. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Don't worry, I'll be back off paternity leave. You'll have the main men back running the show tomorrow. Andrew Houghton, Jeff Safford, uh, steering the ship while I'm out, but I'm here for today. It's Coulter Nuwana's Marty Mortowig. Monday afternoon quarterback, Championship Sunday Styles, presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank blends traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. They provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking. The uh, Detroit Lions coach scored on uh, four of their first five possessions, and uh, then they gave up scores on five straight possessions. Niners came rolling all the way back. I don't know where to even start with this one. It was a heck of a game, for well, sure. One of the great comebacks in championship history. No doubt. Right? Okay. No doubt. But it didn't feel like that that much because it happened like in the third quarter. Yeah, it was yeah, boom, right. boom, boom. It didn't it didn't get all the way until until the end of the fourth quarter where they were trying to race back. They had already done it because of a little bit of a meltdown on Detroit's part. That's right. San Francisco hanging in and and getting one at least bounce of the ball, maybe even two of them, and 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 the the Niners played very very well in that second half. Well, one of my favorite guys in the NFL. This is funny to say because most people don't think the right the right tackle is their favorite guy, but I love Penny Sewell. He's he's unbelievable. I think he gets not as much shine as he deserves because he's not like that blindside guy. He doesn't play left tackle. Yeah. He's he's quote-unquote a right tackle. They play him everywhere, though. He played seven different positions in the first half offensively. But then they went away from that. Did you think they got too conservative? Who? The Lions. Because they were doing all sorts of stuff. They were running end-arounds. They were running you know, backside this, overload that, extra offensive lineman over here. And then they kind of, I don't know what happened. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Uh, I just thought... They turned the ball over. Yeah, that's what it really comes down and, to. And then they so they didn't have the ball. I thought they I thought they stayed reasonably aggressive. I, it shows it's you just, how much it shows you how much a turnover on downs and another turnover in the in two possessions kills it. Boom, boom. And then all of a sudden yeah, it's a game. Then all of a sudden it's tied right. up. Then all right. of a sudden the Lions could never get the momentum back. The the uh, the 49ers kept the momentum the whole second half from the get go. I also thought. You know, it's funny because I've stood up for Brock Purdy and I said I thought he was legit forever. But in this game, especially down the stretch, 
it was his ability to make plays with his legs that really kept the Niners alive and, and kept them rolling. Well, my son Skyler and I were talking during the game, and Sky says, Purdy does not get enough credit for his athleticism. True. And I'm going, well, he's not one, he's not like Lamar no. or Mahomes. And and he goes, well, uh, let's compare him uh, to uh, uh, others. And Sky, my son, had, has him upper middle of the league athletically. I agree. And I'm going, yeah, because he, he showed a little athleticism. He also showed a little speed. Because usually uh, a 4-7 guy, let's say, that speed disappears in the NFL. You yeah, see right. it in the college games. For sure. And they're running all over the place. But but a select few of those type of guys, they, they, they're they sort of slip. Brett Favre, you, you know, he could get out and run a little bit. Yep. He could shake some would-be tacklers off. Purdy's much the same way because he can rattle off 10 or 12 yards uh, if you if it's right there in from. And he can outrun an angle. I, I thought one of the linebackers for Detroit took a bad angle because he thought he was slow. Yes, right. And then Purdy outran him uh, and gained another 10 yards. So, yeah, I, I don't think he gets enough credit uh, for his speed and athleticism because it only shows up on a rare occasion. It's, it's true. So the two teams that lost, Baltimore and Detroit. Yeah. Where do they go from here? A totally different mentality. Totally. Don't you think, Coulter? Absolutely. Uh, okay, Detroit is semi-celebrating. That's right. Right? So it's a great yeah, season I've been, I've been there. Years. Yeah. Where, where you, you weren't quite expected. Everybody knew you were a pretty good team, but you haven't proven it yet. And then you get there. That's right. Right? And, 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 and then you get there and you give it all you got and you lose a tough, hard-fought game that uh, really could have gone either way yeah. at some points in the game. And you're so young. I mean, Jameer Gibbs yeah. is a rookie. Sam Laporte is a rookie. Goff's not even 30. You know, Penny Sewell's only been in his second year. Hutchinson's only in his second All your pieces are young, so you have a big chance to run it. And all your pieces may not be there quite yet, right? True, true. Uh, unlike Baltimore. Baltimore dominated the regular season. That's right. They expected to get there. Many people expected them to go on a Super Bowl type of winning run, you know. And and then, boom, I've been on that side too. It hits you in the face. And John has been there a long time, right? He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, they're loaded. They're loaded on defense. They're loaded up front. They've got the MVP quarterback, and they just can't quite. So they're searching a little bit, yep. unlike Detroit, who's celebrating going, okay, uh, how do we get a little bit better every day? Uh, how do we get better in the draft? How, how do we get better free? And the Baltimore Ravens are going, okay, what in the heck? is going on here because we were loaded with, and we didn't get it done. So when you fail to get it done, uh, there's some deep soul searching going on in Baltimore. There, there's no doubt. The thing about the Ravens, too, though, they're not scared. They don't. We talk about the NFL draft, value picks. You don't want to draft these positions in these spots. The Ravens don't care. Like no. If they know they need a three technique or an inside linebacker and he's available at 24, They'll just take them. That's why they're so stacked defensively. I mean, that's how they got Kyle Hamilton at number 18. He's the best safety in the league. That's how they got Patrick Queen at number 30. He's one of the best inside linebackers in the league. So uh, Ravens will be fine. I don't think. I just think they need to add a couple more skill guys uh, offensively. But they, so you know what my viewpoint would be for Baltimore right now. Let's say the owner. I'm sure the owner. I, I know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's a little upset, probably. <laughs> you know, to say the least. Right, a little bit more than a lot. Uh, but. But you back up from it, you get the motion gone, and you go, okay, <clears throat> we're loaded. Let's keep giving our players 
an opportunity to make a run. And the more opportunities you get, the more likely you're going to make a run or two and win a, win a Super Bowl or two with these type of players. So you've got to back up from the motion uh, to quit listening to the fans that are killing you, you know, and just, all right, uh, how do we get a little bit better? Uh, with 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 what we got, uh, we want to keep all of our guys because we want to be in this position again. And the more times I uh, mark my words, <clears throat> the more times a young man like Lamar is in that situation, as long as he learns from it, yeah, right. Uh, the more likely he'll have success as his career moves on when he's back in these type of situations. Well, he's already had so much success, and people forget he's still only 27 years old. Like yeah. he, he has a long career uh, in front of him. It's Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Monaway again in studio with us. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl matchup quickly. You only have a couple minutes, but the Niners open as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. My inclination is to run as fast as you can yeah. in the machine because if you got a plus in front of a Chiefs line in the Super Bowl, man, but the Niners have been great all year. I think it's awesome, though, that it's indicative that this is going to be a really good game. One and a half points is nothing. No, I, I mean it's basically pick up, basically even, you know. Yeah. And I, but but one and a half points, and then it goes back to my thought for the last. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. That's right. I just now now look. This thing's going to be Debo. Samuels, you know, and McCaffrey, right? Uh, and and a little bit of Purdy uh, against Mahomes and Kelsey and that and that group. I mean, what? It's going to be fascinating. Fascinating. This is going to be a fascinating Super Bowl down there in Vegas. And some, you know, some of the key points is uh, uh, Purdy getting the ball to Debo enough, which he did. Yep. Uh, you know, Kelsey. How about Kelsey? He catches ten passes in the first half. What are you kidding me? I mean, he's got like 20 Ten targets. I mean, he, Ten sur- catches? He, he surpassed Terry Rice as the all-time leader in NFL history playoff catches. I mean, that surprises me that 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 they they allowed that to happen because oh, over there in Boston, they're pretty good at taking away your strengths, and and they failed at least in the first half, and then they shut them out in the second half, and then that gets, leads me to a, um, another point: is <clears throat> is can the can the Niners? sort of learn from what Baltimore did in the second half and where they shut him out. Can they use some of that? Uh, can can they disrupt Mahomes enough? Uh, and and uh, so those are my uh, big uh, issues. And I, I think the Niners can take Kelsey out of the game. Money Avenue Corner, Coach Marty. We'll see you tomorrow. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.